Hello and welcome to the University of Spiritual Warfare. We're delighted to have you with us tonight, and we are going to dive right into our topic. University of Spiritual Warfare. When bad luck is the problem, Bible Code 7 is the solution. When the problem, the attacks of Satan, is the problem, then Bible Code 7 is the solution. Tonight, we're going to talk about a topic, what's going on and what the Lord would have you to know tonight is for this time and for this season, this occurrence. I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me today. And he spoke to me and I heard it said, dog, eat dog. This is what we have today in our society and our culture, dog eating dog. If a dog eats another dog, it's cannibalism. If a human being eats another human being, it's cannibalism. And do you know the Bible says that people will eat people? Yes, it does mention that. Galatians, the fifth chapter and the 15th verse. Here was Paul speaking to the Galatian people. And he said, but if you bite and devour one another, not meaning that you're going to eat your flesh now. This is just in a spiritual context, meaning you're tearing one another up. If you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. In other words, if you fight among yourselves, you're going to destroy yourselves. And isn't that what we see going on today in this world? It's a dog-eat-dog world. That's what's going on. You bite, you devour each other. Watch out. You'll be consumed one of the other. Bible tells us that a house that is divided against itself, it cannot and will not stand. And so is the United States of America. We're not the United States of America. We're the divided states of America. America is a divided nation. It's not united. It's divided. And there's a civil war coming to America. And the Bible tells us that. By the way, if you get my last book, you'll see exactly where the Bible tells, tells that it's going to happen and when it's going to happen and exactly what's going on in America today. Shocking revelation of mystery Babylon. <clears throat> Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, get that book. Or go to BibleCode7.com. Now, some people are so busy making a living, they have no time to make a life. And you know what? I believe it was Lincoln that said this. You can fool some of the people all the time. Yeah, they're a bunch of fools. You can fool them all the time. Then you can fool some of the people some of the time. Then you can't fool all the people all the time. But some people, mm, you can fool them every time. Why? They're a bunch of fools. Well, I don't believe I'm dealing with any fools. You're not on this line. You're not a fool. That's why you come on this line. You're a very wise, smart person. If you're on this line tonight, you're on, and you're not a believer in the Lord and in the Word of God, then you need to become one because you're going to see that every word is true. Anything and everything the Lord says must and will come exactly. Uh, come to pass exactly as he said. It will happen just like the Bible says. Take it from me. Been there, done that. Used to be an atheist. Didn't believe anything the word says. Called the Bible a book of fairy tales. But now I'm teaching and preaching the Bible because I've seen everything come to pass. All right. Big question. Is it true or even possible? that Christian America, Christian USA, will persecute Christians? Will Christians in America be persecuted, harmed, maimed, crippled, killed by America, meaning the government of America? Will they kill them? Well, what does the Bible say? All right, we're going to see what the Bible says about that, because everything has its root in the Bible. So. Let's start with what we're going to start with today. Here was a text sent by U.S. Congressman Jim Hill. It was sent out today. And the text grabbed my attention. 
And I didn't plan on talking about this text, but it grabbed my attention because this is what you call prime news. And this has to do with what only what the Bible says, but it has to do with America and each and every one of the people in America. So here's Representative Jim Jordan, and this was on X. Invites you to follow him uh, at Jim underscore Jordan. And he tweets, and I quote, we now know the federal government, meaning the federal U.S. government, flagged terms on the Internet like MAGA and Trump. So the federal government flagged across the Internet MAGA and Trump, which tells us that the federal government is taking away freedoms from the people and taking away the freedoms of the people which, of course, I taught you before has already been taken from the Supreme Court through that case of the people versus uh, uh, the state of Nevada, <clears throat> the church versus the state of Nevada. The people are taken away. The freedoms, is, the First Amendment right was taken away from them. So, flagged terms like MAGA and Trump to the financial institutions if Americans completed transactions using those terms. So if you use a card, debit card, credit card, and you completed a financial transaction to the financial institutions, and anything about the transaction that you uh, completed had MAGA or Trump in it, the government, the federal government flagged it and it means that they want to know more details about it. That's going into your personal and private business. You're not free anymore. He goes on and he asks the question, what was also flagged? What did the federal government also flag? And he question mark. And he said, if you bought a religious text, like a Bible, or shopped at Bass Pro Shop, it was also flagged. When I saw that, I said, if you bought a religious text like a Bible, it was flagged. Or if you shopped at Bass Pro Shops, which is a fishing place, it was flagged also. I don't buy at Bass Pro Shops. But, but if you buy a Bible, my antennas went up. So if you bought a Bible on the internet and you use a card, a debit card, a credit card to pay for it, it was flagged. Wow, that's unbelievable. Christians purchase Bibles. People who want to know and who are not Christians want to know what the Bible says and first-time believers, first-time beginners, they want to buy a Bible. They want to give a gift of a Bible. They want to buy a Bible and give it to somebody overseas. Or give your, 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 your loved one, your son, your daughter, your grandchild a Bible. Is there harm in buying a Bible? Why would they flag on the Internet? You're using a credit card or a debit card by the U.S. government to flag your purchase of a Bible. They want to know who you are. They want to keep a database on you. They want some record keeping on you. Well, my answer to that is may that computer catch on fire. Fire and burning sulfur of God. Burn it down, blaze it down, destroy that computer, the records, everything in there. Scramble it. This is wicked and illegal. And I'm not even talking about illegal, meaning laws of man, but this is wicked and against God. So, let's take this a little further. Is it true or even possible that Christian America will persecute the Christians? Is that true? Is it possible? Will it kill the Christians? Will Christian America, meaning the federal government, persecute the Christians? Will they kill them? What does the Bible say? Well, let's get to the Word of God and see what the Bible says about that. 
And we're going to invite you to get your Bible and turn to Revelation, the 17th chapter. Revelation 17. We want to see what the Bible says. Because the Bible knows exactly what the score is. It knows what's going to happen and it knows when it's going to happen. The Bible tells us exactly what's going to go down. We might not have a day, date, and time, but the Bible tells us when. And it gives us about the season when these things will begin to happen. So let's see what the Bible says. Revelation 17, verse 3. John the Revelator talked about he was carried, verse 3. He carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. So here he was in the spirit, in a vision, and I saw a woman. This woman sat upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy. This beast was full of names of what? Blasphemy, words and names that blasphemed the living God. And she had seven heads and ten horns. Now, doesn't mean that there was a seven-headed beast. The beast had ten horns. Well, I've, I've taught you this already. There were seven heads. The seven heads refer to the seven continents or the seven mountains. And ten horns refer to ten powers. Horn is power. The, the, the power of a bull is the horn. So horns refer to powers. And the seven heads were seven continents. And in the world, there are what? Seven major continents that are sticking up out of the ocean. So it was referring to the woman sat upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and, seven, and ten horns, meaning sat upon the whole world. Verse 4, the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color. Purple and scarlet. Those are significant colors. Taught you this before. Purple and scarlet are the colors of the church. When God told Moses, Moses, make the tabernacle, he said, use these colors, purple and scarlet. So these colors are what? Religious, godly, symbolizing the tabernacle, the temple, the place of God. And she was decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. But this was no little ugly woman or no little poor woman. She was looking like a church person, like royalty, purple and scarlet, with gold and precious stones and pearls. And she had a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations. Mm. And filthiness of her fornication. So the cup that she had in her hand was what? Gold. She was elaborately, richly dressed, meaning she was wealthy, prominent, influential, sat upon the world, seven continents and the ten powers. So she had this cup, and the cup was full of what? Abominations. What's an abomination? An abomination is something that's heinously detestable, hateful to the living God. It's an abomination to him. You know it's an abomination to God? Well, he had some abominations. You know, you couldn't eat the ostrich. You couldn't eat certain birds, you know, and you couldn't eat certain foods like pigs and, and certain other food, foods like that, you know. Those are abominations re uh, regarding food, but God didn't destroy anybody who really ate the pig and, you know, the bacon and stuff like that, okay? But he said you shouldn't eat it. But there are certain other abominations that makes God go ballistic, and he burns and he submerges cities and towns and places that defy him, like Sodom and Gomorrah. So this cup that she had was full of abominations. Sodomy lesbianism, bloodshed, mayhem, murder, fornication, every conceivable abomination that makes God angry. Worshiping the devil, sacrificing to the devil, killing of infant, infant babies, 
all the abominations, every wicked and immoral thing in the world. This woman, dressed up as a church in the church colors, gold, silver, purple, and looking so wealthy, had this cup, and this cup was full of every conceivable abomination and filthiness of her fornication, meaning what was in the cup she gave to others to partake of. Mm. So she was what? A whore. She was what? A whore, a prostitute. She fornicated with others, other nations across the seven continents of the earth and the ten powers. Verse 5, upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon, the great, the mother of whores, harlots, and abominations of the earth. So John got the identification. She was identified by the Holy Spirit because John was in the Spirit by her forehead, her label. She was mysterious. No one knew her. The whole world didn't know her. She was a mystery. Nobody knew. But John, I'm going to identify her and tell you who she is. And I'm going to identify to my church and tell my church who this woman is. Babylon, mysterious Babylon, the great the great Babylon, mysterious great Babylon, the mother of harlots, of prostitutes, and abominations of the earth. She was the producer, the mama. <clears throat> she produced all the little snakes to produce all the little wickedness and the little evil. And that's who she was. All right, verse 6. He goes on, he says, I saw the woman. And the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I was astonished. I was greatly astonished. Now let's unpack what he saw. I saw this woman, and this woman was drunk. She was drunk with something. Normally people get drunk on champagne, wine, alcohol, different kind of stuff, you know, brandy, whiskey, rum, so any kind of alcohol. They get drunk on pills, all kind of bushes, potions, lotions, that kind of stuff that can make one inebriated or intoxicated. But this woman was drunk with the blood. The whose blood? Blood of the saints. Whose blood? The blood of the saints. Who are the saints? The Bible refers to the saints as the New Testament Christians, the believers in Jesus Christ. And this woman was drunken with their people, these people's blood. Well, blood belongs in your body. How did she get that blood to be drunken upon it? Well, obviously, she shed that blood. She took the blood some way, somehow. She cut the people and made them bleed. And she made a lot of them bleed because it talks about the blood of the saints, plural. And then now it talks about with the blood of the witnesses to Jesus, the martyrs of Jesus Christ. What's a martyr? A martyr is somebody who's dead. And if you're martyred for Jesus Christ, that means you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you're killed for your faith, believing in and not rejecting or renouncing Jesus Christ. You become a martyr of Jesus Christ like the 12 apostles. Except John the Revelator. He was not martyred. And when I saw her, this woman, this gorgeous, beautiful woman, beautiful woman that you can lust at, I wondered with great astonishment. So here we have the Bible describing this woman. And this woman is great Babylon. And I did teach you before who Babylon was. Babylon, and that's why you need to get my last book, Shocking Revelation of Mystery Babylon. So you'll know who Babylon is. Babylon is a reference coming up in this day, age, and time, and that reference is to who? Babylon. Who's Babylon? America. USA. Wave the flag. Jump and shout. Go USA. Go USA. USA is Babylon. Babylon 
America was drunken with the blood of the New Testament Christians and the martyrs of Jesus Christ. How did she get their blood to be drunk with it? What does it mean? It means the government, Babylon, shed the blood, persecuted and killed and shed the blood of the Christian believers. Yes, America, the great America that spread the gospel all across the nation of the earth, Christian America, is now persecuting Christians, killing them and shedding their blood. You get that? I hope you got it. You didn't get it? Want to go back over the Bible again one more time. But John saw this woman, her name, Mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of the detestable things of the earth, the abominations of the earth. And by the way, I'm not going to go in all the teachings. That's why you need to get that book, Shocking Revelation of Mystery, Babylon. You need to know who Babylon is. So get the book. I'll give you all the details. All right. So Babylon was drunken with the blood of the saints and the witnesses to Jesus Christ. And here we had Jim Jordan just today saying in his text, in his tweet, in his Twitter or his X uh, thing, we now know the federal government flag terms like MAGA and Trump, meaning it is a fact to the financial institutions if Americans completed transactions using those terms. So if you made a donation to Trump or made a donation to MAGA and you used a card, you used a debit card, it was flagged by who? Federal government. Not some financial institution, not some other organization. By who? The federal government. And he asked the question, what was also flagged? Question mark. Asked by Representative Jordan. He said, if you bought a religious text like a Bible, mm, or you shopped a Bass Pro Shop, it was what? Also flagged. So here we have the beginning. You buy a Bible. They're going to know who you are. You shouldn't be buying Bibles according to them. Or if you're buying a Bible, be intimidated, being afraid. Blood of Jesus is against you. Fire and burning sulfur come down against you and your computers. Every one of you that do all this stuff, touch not the Lord's anointed and do his people no harm. All right. So now we're seeing the Bible coming into its position where it is true or even possible, that Christian America will persecute the Christians and go beyond the persecution of Christians, what will they do? They'll kill them also. They'll shed their blood. They will become martyrs. And America will be drunk. So much blood of Christians will be shed. The Bible says the woman Babylon will be drunken with the blood of the saints and of the martyrs of Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. All right. I hope now that you're digesting all that I told you. And by the way, get the book. What else is on the U.S. America's plate today? What else are they doing? Uh, it's in the book. Civil war is going to be here. There are two leaders in America warring among themselves. And a civil war, an open civil war is coming. So says the Bible. Well, where does it say that? None of your business. Get the book. When you get the book, you'll see it from the Bible. Because the Bible says one leader is there and the other leader is there. Leader against leader. And they're going to be an open fight. Donald Trump never passed the baton from one president to the other when Joe Biden took over. He never conceded defeat. In his mind, he is still the president. There is animosity between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. We won't say anything else, just saying what the Bible says here. And there will be an open civil war. There's a deep wound between the two men. And there's one leader, the Bible says, against another leader. 
In other words, the baton between Trump never passed to Biden. So he is still the leader. And that's what the Bible says. One leader versus the other leader. And that's what we what we see going on today. All right, let's get to some other things that's in that book. Uh, we shared with you, I believe it was yesterday or uh, day before yesterday, that Iran was attacking. Iran has come full full, full circle. And Iran fired missiles directly from Iran. They fired missiles into Pakistan. They fired missiles into Syria directly from Iran. Never did it before. They used their proxy forces in Iraq or in Syria or in some other place, and they fired missiles through their proxy forces to other places, but they never fired from their own national land into another country. So why did they do that? Hmm? What are they saying? Well, number one, they're saying, hey, we're big boys now. We're showing the world what we have and what we can do. We've got missiles also, tons of them. We have made a lot of them. We have buried them underground. We got them in the mountains. We got them all over. And our missiles are precise. When we aim them at some place, it's going to hit exactly there. And guess what? It did. It took out exactly where they said and where they pinpointed it to take out. So what is Iran announcing? It's announcing we're on the scene. We're a force to be reckoned with. You need to sit up in your big boy chair and pay attention. Why? Because we are big boys also, and we are not to be trifled with. Don't mess with us. Now, the big question is, is God going to fight against Iran, or is God going to fight with Iran? Is God on the Iranian side, or is he against the Iranians? That's a good question. Because you see, God fights for or he fights against. And we're going to see whose side he's going to be on. So number 1.1 is, remember, Iran is attacking now. They've made an announcement. We're firing missiles from our land, from our geographical land. And we're firing it into Pakistan and Syria. We're not firing from uh, Iraq or any other place. We're firing from our country. This is a big announcement. And you better sit up and take note. So, is there anything in the Bible that says that God is going to back Iran? What Iran is doing is of God, or is God going to fight against them? Is God going to shut them down? We know Iran from when, back when, in the book of Daniel, the prince of Persia, you know, Daniel was praying. And he said, I prayed and I set myself to prayer and fasting. When I started to pray, I prayed for 21 days, fasted for 21 days. And then finally an answer came. The angel came and he said, Daniel, you man of God, from the day you set yourself to fast and pray, the Lord sent me to give a response to you. But the prince of Persia was a demonic prince over Persia, the territorial prince. He blocked me. He hindered me. And I was there fighting with him. I was engaged in some Star Wars, you know, one star against the other, an angel of God fighting a demonic entity, a fallen angel. And I was there fighting that fallen angel. And then what happened? He said, the great angel, Michael, had to come down and give me some assistance. I was not powerful enough. I'm only a messenger angel. I carry messages, messages. I don't do warfare. So I had to wait until the great angel, the archangel, Michael, came down and he helped me. I had to wait for Michael to come and when he rendered assistance to me, he took over the battle. And then I was able to leave and come to bring you the message. So I am a messenger angel. I'm not really a warrior angel. You see, they have different classes. Now he came. 
And he gave Daniel the message. So, what are we seeing? We're seeing Iran doing some things. The question now is, is Iran doing it under God's steam, God's power, God's blessing, God's doing? Is God on the Iranian side or is he against the Iranians? All right, we'll see. And what we see must come from the Bible. Because you see, when God writes things and shows us things from the Bible, we are seeing it through the optics of God. We are seeing it through the Word of God. And anything we see through the Word of God must and will come to pass. God doesn't play games. When I was in Bible school, I was taught by a very, very powerful preacher. It was said of this preacher that he even raised the dead. Work, God worked miracles through him. And one of the key things he said, and I'll never, ever forget all my life, he said, you can play with your children. Play with your dog and play with your cat. Play with your children. Play with your wife. But don't play with God. He doesn't play. We worship him. We reverence him. But don't play with him. So, when God says something, please don't play with God. Take him at his word. Acknowledge his word and reverence the word of the living God because whatever he says, he will accomplish and his word must and will come to pass. Let's go to Jeremiah 51 and look at verse 11. Turn your Bibles, Jeremiah 51, verse 11. I want to, I want to have you see the word of God in reference to what's going on here in this world today and whose side God is fighting on. Is he fighting on the harlot's side? The mystery Babylon woman, the harlot, the whore. Is he fighting on the whore side? Is he fighting for the whore? Or is he fighting against the whore? Let's see. Jeremiah 51, 11. It says, sharpen the arrows and fill the quivers. A quiver is a little bucket thing you put over your shoulder that has arrows in there. You fill it up with the arrows. Sharpen the arrows and fill the quivers. The Lord has roused, the Lord has awakened, the Lord has stirred up the spirit of the kings of the Medes because his plan is aimed at Babylon to destroy her. It is the Lord's vengeance, vengeance for his temple. So God's plan is to do what? Destroy Babylon. God's plan is to do what? Destroy this wicked woman, this woman sitting in purple and scarlet. God's plan is to do what? Destroy her. Why? She's destroying his children. She's shedding the blood of the saints and of the martyrs. God says, I'm going to do and I'm going to take vengeance on my temple, my people. I'm going to destroy her. I'm going to utterly burn her and destroy her. So God says, I'm going to stir up the spirit of the kings of the Medes because my plan is aimed at Babylon to destroy it. So who are the Medes? Exactly who are the Medes? Where they come from? What does it matter? And does you, do we need to know who the Medes are? I read an article recently, and the article said about some people in the Middle East and some nations of the Middle East, the guy who wrote the article, he called the people goat herders. He was talking about the Yemenis, and he was talking about certain countries in the Middle East, and he called them goat herders. What arrogance. What pride. They call it hubris. I call it pride. Arrogance. Haughtiness. You know what the Bible says about haughtiness and pride? Haughtiness. Pride goes before the destruction and the haughty spirit before a fall. Well, this is what's going to happen, and this is what's happened today. A haughty spirit has come up in America, in Babylon. Pride and haughtiness is going to cause a destruction. So who are the Medes? Well, when you go to the Internet and you search the empire of the Medes and you look in the Bible, you'll see where the Medes and the Persians work together in the book of Daniel. And first Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon under Belshazzar, the Medes and the Persians, the Medo-Persian empire under a man named Cyrus, came over 
and conquered Babylon. You remember that uh, little story, and I'm going to invite you to take your Bibles and turn it now to Daniel 5, and let's look at verse 10, 25. Daniel 5 and 25. While you're turning, it's important we know all these things. Because you see, all these things come together like the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. And you see, anything the Bible says must and will and shall come to pass. That's why the Bible says not one little dot of the I or crossing of the T will fall away without being fulfilled. All God's word must and will come to pass. It must happen. It will only happen according to his word. Nothing will be done outside of the word of the living God. The word is Jesus. The word of God is who? Jesus Christ. He is the word of God. And he is what? Faithful and true. And he's also the word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. So anything the Bible says that's going to happen, it must and will come to pass. Daniel 5.25. This was a warning or a writing against first Babylon. And you remember Belshazzar, he threw an orgy, a party, big party for 1,000 of his lords. And they came together and they were partying. Well, when they parted back then, you know, they parted for seven days. Not like today, they have a one-night party and a couple hours, you know. No, 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 no. Those people know how to party. They get drunk and they eat and they drink. And they go to bed, they fall asleep, they get drunk all over the place, they get up the next day, they do it again. And the next day they do it again for seven days. That's how they parted. They had an orgy going on. Anything goes. Why you know why do you say that? Because this was Babylon. This is the roots of Babylon. Men and men, women and women. Anything goes in Babylon. And isn't that what happens in Babylon today? Yes. Men and men, women and women, anything goes in Babylon. That's what Babylon is all about. That's what by, and that's the reason why God is hateful, despising of Babylon. So Daniel 5.25, this is the writing that was written on the wall. In the middle of their party, God wrote on the wall. Mysterious hand appeared and wrote on the wall. And it wrote, Mene, Mene, Tekel of Harsin. Mene, Mene, <coughs> Tekel of Harsin. Verse 26, this is the interpretation of the thing. Mene means God had numbered your kingdom and finished it. Mm -hmm. Kingdom of Babylon is numbered and the kingdom of Babylon is finished. I've taught you several times, told you time and time again, that no empire lasts forever. Every empire comes and then it go, comes, it peaks, and it goes down, and it's destroyed. It's for, the three la longest lasting empires, from what I researched on the internet, are England, Britain, 250 years, Spain, 250 years, and the Ottoman Empire, 250 years. No empire lasted more than 250 years. It's a long time. Nobody lives for 250 years. That's about more than two lifetimes. That's about two and a half lifetimes. Mm. America is 247 years. July 4th, my birthday, 2026, it will be 250 years. Will it make 250? Will it go past 250? That's left to be seen. Don't know. We will see. So, Mene, Mene, Tekel of Harsin, this is the interpretation. Mene, God has numbered your kingdom, your empire, and finished it. Your empire is finished. The Babylonian Empire and the Belshazzar was finished. God says it's over and done. And we're going to see how quick it was finished. Tekel, verse 27, you are weighed in the balances and you're found lacking. You're found wanting. God has weighed you. He has measured you. And you didn't measure up. You're lacking. You are lacking. You're full of sin. You stink in the nostrils of God. And Perez are of Harsin. Your kingdom is divided. 
Oh, divided. No. Kingdom is not divided. It's Babylon. No, your kingdom is divided. There's division among you, just like today in America. House divided cannot stand. And it's given to the Medes and the Persians. Given to who? The Medes and Persians. So there we see the Medes and their sidekick, the Persians, the Iranians. So here we're looking at the Medes who took top priority, top billing. They were the leader, Darius the Mede. That was the predominant empire. And the second empire, or the second kingdom, was the Persians, the Iranians. So the Medes united with the Persians and overthrew first Babylon. That same night, the very night, God wrote on the wall the handwriting. And that very night, they cleaned Babylon's clock. They killed Belshazzar and killed all of his buddies. That was an orgy, a party unto death. They partied their way out of this life, and they had a swinging good time, and they died partying because they were killed in their state of drunkenness and their state of partying. And that's what happened to them. But did you see who and who? The Medes and the Persians. The Medes and the Persians. And here God says, he has aroused the spirit of the Medes. Jeremiah 51, verse 11. I have aroused the spirit of the Medes again. The Medes. I have aroused the spirit of the Medes. The Medes are the leaders. They're tough people battle-hardy, and they come with the Persians. They're going to team up with the Persians again. So who are the Medes when you study the empire of the Medes and see the map of the empire of the Medes across the Old Testament Medo-Persian empire, or the empire of the Medes? Now, when you study the Medes, you see the Median empire, you saw that it comprised of Persia, Iran, Iraq, yes, Iraq, parts of Syria and parts of Turkey and some other little countries that you can't even see too good and you can't call their names. Their names are hard to pronounce, little portions of them. So the Median Empire comprised Iraq. Uh-huh, you remember Iraq was attacked? Uh-huh. Saddam Hussein was thrown out, attacked, conquered by America, and there's under the American boot right now. Don't worry about it. God says, I'm going to raise them up. I'm going to stir up their spirit. They're going to be throwing out the Americans. They're going to throw out all the people that come in here to oppress them. So who is God, or whose side is God going to be on? Well, he explained it to us. He said, I have aroused the spirit of the Medes. I'm on the Medes side. I'm waking up the Medes. I'm going to put my power behind the Medes. And the Medes are going to come with their sidekicks. They're going to come with the Persians. So the Iraqis, the Turks, the, 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 the descendants of the Medes in Syria, Iraq, the Turk, Turkey, Iran, and those other countries, I'm stirring them up. I'm reviving them. I'm building them together. I'm throwing them together. And they are going to come, and they are going to destroy the daughter of Babylon, which is the USA. This is the word of God. So he says he is going to set up the standard on the walls of Babylon. That's verse 12. Make the watch strong. Set up the watchmen and prepare the ambushes for the Lord had sworn he had both devised and done that which he spake against the inhabitants of Babylon. So here God stipulates his plan in verse 12, Jeremiah 51, 11 and 12, what he's going to do. He's going to set up a standard on the walls of Babylon, the security of Babylon. Then make the watch strong. Set up the watchmen. Set up those who will watch and look for an opening to take down Babylon. Prepare the what? The ambushes. 
That's the key word right there. People are watching, looking, at peering in, and, and waiting for the opportune time to bring about what? The ambushes. You know what an ambush is? When you lay wait somebody, you stalk them and you lay wait them. And at an opportune time, you jump out at them and you destroy them. And here we have God saying, prepare the ambushes, plural. For the Lord hath both devised and done that which he spake against the inhabitants of Babylon. God has devised a plan. In other words, God is saying, I'm in control. I'm showing the Medes and all your sidekicks that come with them what to do and how to get the job done. All of what you see done at the southern border and all these people coming in from around the world into America, millions of them, they say anywhere from 8 million to 16 million that they know of, and how many millions they, they don't know of. They're coming in. Whose plan is that? The Lord has devised and done which he spake against the inhabitants of Babylon. God has devised the ambushes. Pura that is coming upon Babylon. A God devised and prepared ambushes against America. Verse 13. Here's God speaking. O you that dwell upon many waters. I hope you see that. Jeremiah 51, 13. You dwell on many waters, abundant in treasures. Your end is come, the measure of your covetousness. Now, first Babylon only had one little sliver of land on, uh, uh, on the ocean where they had a seaport. First Babylon was like Iraq. It was landlocked. Didn't have any seaports. So which Babylon? Oh, you that dwell upon many waters, abundant in treasures. Who is he talking about? Could only be talking about America, Babylon, the richest nation upon the face of the earth. Of dwelling upon many waters, the mighty Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, and the Gulf of Mexico. Living on many, many waters, abundant in treasures. He said, your time is up. Time of your empire is going to be up. 250 years, 2026, July 4th, don't know. It's now 2024, January 2024, 25, 26. Two more years, two and a half more years, we don't know. Then verse 14, the Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, surely I will fill you with men. In the same manner, like a caterpillar, and they will lift up a shout against you. I am going to fill you with people. Oh, you mean to tell me all those people coming across the border on the southern border? Yes, it is the Lord's doing. It is the Lord's doing. That's why nothing is done. It's not what's his name's fault. You know that guy in the White House now. It's not the other guy that was in the White House fault. He said, we're going to build a fence, and they didn't want to build a fence. No, he couldn't build a fence because God says, no, I am going to fill you with men. But you're not going to build a fence. You're not going to stop my plan. I have sworn by myself, I will fill you with men like caterpillars. What does a caterpillar do in your garden? comes to devour. Eat down everything that's green, all your pepper trees and all your green stuff. You ever seen a caterpillar eat a pepper tree? Well, you need to see a caterpillar eat a pepper tree because that thing will never grow again. It comes to eat that thing down and kill it. And God says, I'm going to bring people in you that's going to eat, 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 eat down and devour America. They come to take over. They come to take your house. Your business, your car, they don't come to clean your house and wash your car. They come to take your house. And they come to take over your car and take over everything you got. And I'm going to take the spirit out of you and I'm going to put the spirit in them that they will ride over you. Why? 
because you have forgotten the living God. They come on a mission from me. Why? Like a caterpillar. They're coming like a what? Caterpillar. They're coming like a spirit to devour. And come here to wash no car and clean no house. And at the right time, they will lift up a shout of victory against you. Why? Because of what you've done to my temple. You think you're going to kill my believers, the saints, and get away with it? No, 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 no. You're not going to do that. You think you're going to be drunk with the blood of the saints and the martyrs and get away with it? Mm -mm -mm. You're not going to get away with that. You're not going to get away with that. You're going to lift up a shout of victory over you. So now you know what's going to happen. Let me ask you the question. Are you sick and worried yet? You sure you're not sick, worried? Oh, my God, this is going to happen. What's going to happen to me? How am I going to make it? Oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, God. Well, chill out. Take it easy. God told me to give you a word, a child of God. He says you've got protection written all over you. He says you're marked with the mark. The mark is on you, the mark of God, the seal of God is on you. So when these caterpillars come, they can't touch you. They'll touch that one and that one and that one. They'll come three sides around you, your neighbor to the left, the neighbor to the right, the house behind you. And even the one in front of you, but they can't touch this house. Touch not the Lord's anointed. Do his prophets no harm. Why? You're under the blood of Jesus. You're under the umbrella of the Almighty God. That's what Bible Code 7 is all about, to show you how to get there and stay there. So when bad luck is the issue, Bible Code 7 is the solution. When all this fear and worry is coming down and that's the problem, Bible Code 7 is the solution. We give solutions. You know, I used to listen to some guys. They brought the news and information that was current that the mainstream media don't tell you about. And they would tell you what's going on, but I got sick and tired of listening to them because all they tell you is stuff that makes people want to fear. And they offer no solution. I said, what in heaven's name am I doing listening to these bunch of bozos? Of course, they're not Christians. They don't believe. But they did give you up-to-date information on what's going on. And they did so with a twist. What was that twist? Fear. Oh, well, you know, this and that, and that, and they drive fear in you. And they would want to make you feel like you need to get a gun and some bullets and fight the war. Who the heck are you going to fight? It's not by your might nor power. It's by the spirit of the Lord. The battle is not yours. <clears throat> they don't give advice. Me, I give you biblical advice. I tell you what the score is and how to settle it up. I'll tell you what's going on. I don't play games. I go by what the Bible says. So you're sick and you're worried? Don't worry. Got a word for you. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Oh gosh, I forgot to put what verse it is. I believe it's verse 18. Jeremiah 1. Yeah, verse 18. Verse 18. Jeremiah 1, 18. And it says, See, look, today, right now. I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured. Like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land. You'll stand against the kings, you'll stand against the officials, you'll stand against the priests, and you'll stand against the people of Judah. Nobody can touch you. And you are strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured. You cannot be captured. You cannot be overthrown. This is not my word. This is 
my message for you from the messenger, from the from the master. I'm just a messenger boy, bringing a message to you. The Lord says to tell you, I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured, like an iron pillar, like an iron rod, piece of steel or a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land, everybody. Kings, officials, priests, and people, none shall touch you. Touch not. The Lord's anointed. Do his prophets no harm. Go over to Jeremiah 5, and let's see what he has to tell you again. Remember, I'm just a messenger boy. Jeremiah 5, 14 says, Wherefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, because you speak this word, because you declare my word, because my words in your mouth is coming from your mouth. Look, behold, I'll make my words in your mouth fire. And this people that come against you, they'll be wood. Your words you speak will be fire, they will be wood. And they shall devour them. It will burn them and consume them to ashes. That's the power of the word of the living God. Do you think anything else is as powerful as God's word? No, not even the bombs that the planes drop. Not even the nuclear bombs and the silos and the, and, the, and the missiles they can fire. Nothing equates or comes near or close to the word of the living God. Do you hear what I'm telling you? I don't come with stuff. I don't come with no River Jordan water. I don't come with no sand from the Sea of Galilee. I don't come with all that rubbish. I come with the word, the sword of the spirit. I come with Jesus. He is the word. He is faithful and he is true. When you release that word out of your mouth, God says, I'll make the people like fire. I'll make my words like fire and I'll make the people like wood. It shall consume them. It shall burn them and devour them and reduce them to ashes. That's what your boss man says. That's what my boss man says to tell you, okay? Last one, Revelation 3, verse 9. This is the word of the living God. He says, note this. I'll make those people from the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews. They're not Jews but they are lying. I'll make them come and bow down at your feet and they will know that I have loved you. They will come and they will do what? I will make them bow before you. I will make them come and apologize to you. I will make them come and they will submit themselves to you. They think they're so high and mighty. Mm -mm. You're at the synagogue of the devil. Jesus said, every knee must bow to me. Every tongue must confess. And I am Lord to the glory of God the Father. They're going to come. They're going to bow before you. Why? And they're going to bow to Jesus. Where is Jesus? You carry Jesus. <clears throat> they're not going to bow before me and worship me. No, 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 no. They're going to bow before Jesus. Where is Jesus? I carry him. He's in me. So they're going to come. I'll make them. That's what the word says. I will make them. I'll compel them to come and bow down at your feet. They will know I have loved you because I'm with you. The same manner I was with Moses, the same way I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Not a man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as long as you live. Who will oppose you and have victory over you? They will submit to you. This is what the word says. Do you believe it? I believe it. I know it's going to happen. And I want to convince you. This is the word of God. It's going to happen to you. Oh, well, no, no, no. You've got to believe it can happen to you. Well, it surely is going to happen to me because I believe it and I receive it. Jesus is faithful and true. He is the word and he can't lie. So it's going to happen to me. How about you? 
upon the wicked, God will come down like a glow of light to the earth in the middle of darkness. Psalm 104 verse 2 says he wraps himself in light as if it were a robe spreading out the sky like a canopy. He wraps himself in light and he'll come down. He'll shine in the darkness and burn and destroy the darkness. Every demon, everything satanic is darkness. Everything about Jesus is light. Light shines in darkness and obliterates it, destroys it. And so will our God destroy our enemies. You believe that? If you don't believe it, you can't receive it. I believe it. I'm going to receive it. Matter of fact, I am receiving it right now. The Bible says the husband, the man, is the first partaker of the fruit. I'm the messenger boy, so the message comes to me first before it comes to you because the message has to come through me. So if I believe it, I receive it, I shall have it. And I believe every word that he has given me to give you. He gave me these words today. Put it together and tell them. Even though he gave me some portion to speak a couple of days ago, he gave me all this to be compiled and given to you today. This is the You don't be afraid. Have no fear. Regardless of where you are in the middle of this pit, this sewer. I'm excited because you see, I'm in the middle of darkness. But but <clears throat> my Bible tells me he's a shield about me. He's a what? Shield about me. He encapsulates me. He wraps me around on every side. Nothing can penetrate that shield. He is my glory. He's the one that shines. No darkness can come near me. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You're not allowed. He is my glory, and he's the one that lifts up my head. My head don't have no business hanging down. Discouragement? What are you talking about? Are you crazy? Discouraged? <laughs> I'm excited as ever. I'm going to clean my enemy's clock. Fire! I'm burning sulfur. going to destroy them. You hear what I'm telling you? They will be consumed like fire consumes wood and reduces it to nothing but ashes. That's what's going to happen to my enemies. That's what's going to happen to every wicked person all around and about. Let me let you in a little secret too. Got to give you this because the Lord worked me up this morning about 3.30, 3.15, gave me a word. Sometimes we want God to do some things and we want it done right away. God, kill him, kill him, knock him out, take him out. And God says, that's not how I operate, son. When he asked me to tell you, when Cain killed Abel, we all thought, well, God, Abel's blood is crying to you for vengeance. So go ahead and kill Cain. God says, no, leave him alone. Vengeance is mine, and I will. I will give vengeance. I will do the payback. So what did God do? Cain had a conversation with God, saying, God, you know, my my punishment is more than I can bear. Everybody I see will try to kill me. You have driven me away from your face, from your presence, and the earth. You have uh, separated from the earth. God says, no, nobody will touch you. I'm going to put a mark on you. Anybody touch you, I will take sevenfold vengeance upon them. They will know, don't touch him. Don't touch Cain. Why did you want, don't, not want Cain to be touched, God? Wouldn't you want kill and you know you shall be killed? No, 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 no. I want you to go around and be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. I want you to be filled with remorse. I want your conscience to bother you. I want you to wander aimlessly. Futility, nothing you do will succeed. You will be punished. You'll have nightmares. You'll be punished in your conscience. It will be a painful punishment. You fought God. And you think God's going to kill you just like that? Uh Uh-uh. I'm going to become a terror to you. That's the word of God. I'm going to terrorize you on every side. You are going to 
me in agony. Woe be unto you. Bitter lamentation, bitter weeping, bitter tribulation is going to be yours. You're going to go through all this. And until you repent, and if you don't repent, you will perish. But you're going to go through the agony. You're going to be like Judas. You're going to be filled with remorse. You're going to be filled with deep regret, deep contrition. You're going to be agonizing. Why? You will betray the innocent blood. You're going to be a fugitive and a vagabond. You're going to be running all over the earth. You're going to be looking over your shoulder. Yeah, the wicked will flee when nobody is chasing them. Spirit of the Lord will persecute them, hound them from one place to another, from one country to another. You will not set down roots. You will not settle into anything. You will be a fugitive. You will be a vagabond. You will come to nothing. Yes, you're a murderer. You hate me. You hate God. You touch by anointed. You have troubled my people. Whatever you have done, you will pay a bitter price. Bitter weeping. Bitter lamentation. Bitter tribulation is going to be your lot. Nobody is going to kill you. Nobody is going to touch you. Vengeance belongs to God. And I will repay. I will terrorize you. I, God, will drive you out of this world. Now I will drive you down to the king of terrors if you don't repent. That's why God makes some wicked people live long. He's trying to make them repent. But if they don't repent, they will all what? Likewise perish, just as Jesus told them. That's why the wicked live long. That's why God don't kill them instantly. He wants his vengeance to come upon them. Yes, Lord. So my prayer, Ah, Job 18, Job 20. Do your thing, Lord. Punish them. Nightmares. Voices. You do wickedly, you shed innocent blood. Oh, my God. Terrorize them, Father. There is no peace to the wicked said the everlasting God. Cain had no peace. And anybody like Cain today that defies the living God will find no peace till they find their peace in Jesus Christ. That's what Bible Code 7 is all about. Bringing you the word of God. Bringing you to understand the word. I didn't understand this until this morning. Because sometimes I want God to do certain things. I want him doing it quickly. God said, uh-uh. That's not how I operate. I operate according to my word. You've got to bring my word to me, son. And when you bring my word to me, I will do it according to my word and my word only. Who's that word? Jesus. What's that word? Faithful and true. Bible Code 7. May the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and lift up his word upon you and give you his peace. Both now until he returns, he's coming again. Have yourself an awesome, amazing, and fabulous night. God bless you tonight.